never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. It's the Video Nasty Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. In 1970, filmmaker uh, Lewis Jackson was smoking a spliff and he looked at a picture of Father Christmas holding a knife. And uh, he thought to himself, well, hi, I'm guessing, that would be a fantastic idea for a film. Jackson envisaged a, f- a movie about that would uh, about a killer father Christmas that would become huge a mainstream blockbuster type film he thought his idea was incredible and would attract huge attention it took him 10 years to actually realise his dream and and by the time it was made uh, through uh, 1979 and 1980 only to be released at that Christmas uh, the budget was not the big blockbuster that he'd initially hoped for in fact, Christmas Eve's budget was meant to be only $400,000, and in the end, he could only make it for 850000 So he went wildly over budget, the, uh, which normally indicates that the, uh, the rights are quite tricky to get hold of. It was released, and the response was not great. Too thoughtful to be a, a slasher film in a slasher boom style for, uh, like, you know, on the tale of Halloween. In fact, the first killing doesn't happen for 50 minutes. Not violent enough or gory enough to grab the audience's attention to the grindhouse circuit. But also too grimly and gr- too grimy and grotty to uh, really appeal to a wider, more mainstream audience. It's difficult to get bums on seats for your Killer Santa movie when what you're really trying to say is about uh, hypocrisy of capitalism. The film flopped. And then, over a period of years, championed by John Waters, the legendary uh, filmmaker, it finally kind of reached a new audience. Only in part because Lewis Jackson had gone out of his way to get back the rights to the film, which he now owns. I've portrayed here a strange, sad, quite melancholy slasher. But the reason I think why John Waters likes it so much and declares it his favourite Christmas movie is the fact that Christmas Evil, or what it was originally intended to be titled, You Better Watch Out, is incredibly witty, dry, funny, ironic. It knows its preposterousness, leading up to a moment of brilliant surrealism and a breaking of, a, of, of the, the rest of the film's conventions to create a, an ending which infuriated the 42nd Street crowd, but now raises a, a sly, postmodern, ironic smile. Christmas Evil is a film which embraces the preposterous campness of this time of year. It embraces its nonsense but simultaneously points a finger 
at a world which is uh, cold and capitalist and far more interested in baubles. Although I'm not convinced the solutions which uh, Harry Stanling is suggesting are, the, are the really the solutions that you'd probably want on your Christmas table. he'd be happy that we remembered him. This Christmas, Santa's <laughs> going to make everyone happy. The grown-ups. And the kids. Christmas evil. The non-believers. Watch out! And the screamers. And this Christmas, you better believe in Santa, or he'll slay you. Merry Christmas, Frank. Christmas evil, the night he dropped in. So, Christmas Evil, originally titled You Better Watch Out, also known terribly as Terror in Toyland, and originally shot on just another name, Santa, is uh, American, 1980, filmed in New Jersey. It's how, it starts off in the past, 1947, where uh, a young Harry is sitting there being traumatised by the sight of his uh, mother uh, being felt up by his father, but at the point, he's currently first as, fa as Father Christmas. Heartbroken by the scene, confused, um, and uh, getting a, a rather unusual lesson in what sex is, uh, Harry rushes up and cuts himself. We forward to 33 years later. Harry, who's played by uh, the character actor Brandon Maggart, who is uh, you know, well, a renowned character actor, still alive, actually. He's eight, well... Is when you, as I'm saying this, he, he uh, reached the age of 86 uh, this month, and has appeared in all sorts of stuff over the years. You know, everything from Sesame Street through to Dress to Kill. He's also um, Fiona Apple's dad, bizarrely. Anyway, um, anyway, Harry is a bit of a, a an oddball, but also a bit of a loser. He, um, he works at a toy factory because he likes making toys for kids because he thinks that's a, a worthwhile endeavour. But obviously what he sees is a pretty exploitative factory system and the people in the factory either think he's an oddball or use him to get what they want, like time off, etc. Harry sees a world of hypocrites and people on the make and it infuriates him. His obsession is with Christmas time, mainly apparently because of this, uh, this, this event that happened to him when he was a young child. And he snaps, royally snaps. He um, steals toys from the, fa the factory he works in and uh, gives them to a local school. Fair, you know, 
I mean, it's it's theft, but you know, fair play to him. Um, he then goes on a rampage that escalates mainly it seems to be because he super glues a beard onto him and it can't pull it off and it's very funny kind of like almost like a taxi driver kind of scene but also um you know like where he's kind of james turning into his father christmas but obviously playing up to the absurdities of that idea as he yanks the beard as it's he can't take it off he goes away and tries to help kids and you know who are who are good uh, and he indeed keeps a naughty and nice list for the uh, for the local kids in the area and the the lads who uh, <laughs> who's obsessed with penthouse because he's got little particularly as a teenage boy uh, is, um, is is naughty but obviously you know the good girls are boys and girls are, are, are good and it girl gets written down in the in the creepy uh, definitely not pedophilic <laughs> book that he's got and I mean he is off the chart at this stage um and the first killing he does is outside uh, Midnight Mass, um, stabbing uh, some people on the street. By the end of the film, he is um, chased down, almost like a universal monster kind of moment with people with t- pitchforks and, and flaming torches, um, aping, obviously, you know, um, the end of... James Wells Frankenstein almost. And um, he's driving around in a white van with a sleigh on the side, rather than obviously the more traditional means of Father Christmas. But at this point, he definitely believes himself to be a version of Santa. And then at the end, we see uh, an exciting and rather uh, surreal uh, end, which asks the question of, does, uh, is there really Christmas magic in the air? So we've got a film here with, uh, let's say, Brendan Margot. It's also his brother, is uh, Philip. Uh, in a, he's kind of more of a foil to um, to, to Harry. Really, kind of, um, he just gets really annoyed. He's worried about the lad, but you know, he, find, he thinks he's a bit of a tit as well. And that's played by Jeffrey Dimon. Uh, and Dimon uh, probably well, he's known for all sorts of roles, but you know, keeps in Crash. Uh, he's in Law and Order. He's in the uh, the remake of The Blob, Green Mile. Shawshank. Um, so, you know, he's in a lot of stuff. Literally, Lewis Jackson he has this idea in 1970 and he shops it around Hollywood, properly shops it around Hollywood. He thinks this one is the goer. Um, and it's, you know, in the 70s, obviously, pre slasher. Um, well, they wouldn't touch it. Apparently, he says it on, in, in the commentary that apparently one Warner executive says if he had a, if, if the guy had uh, bitten off. A um, a kid's finger and, and ate it. He would have been a millionaire, but as it stands, because it just doesn't deliver, uh, they they wouldn't pick it up. You know, they wouldn't distribute it. The film was released in um, in the well in the festive period of, of nineteen eighty. Unsurprisingly, of being shot around New Jersey, and was first screen was in Pittsburgh. The um, the response at the time was relatively negative, um, and the film struggled to get a distribu- proper distribution, um, mainly due to issues with how the film was uh, marketed. And indeed, Jackson wasn't aware that the film had had its title changed from "You Better Watch Out" to "Christmas Evil" until it was uh, 
basically informed on, on the, by looking at the poster. Couldn't get a proper release in California because of issues with what the poster looked like. It hadn't been passed by the MPAA. And obviously, of course, the film doesn't really deliver the things that people want. It takes a long time. It's a character study piece, really, but with these deep inset elements of irony that sit throughout. <coughs> so, so Harry is, uh, you know, you, you kind of live in his world and see this kind of world expand and kind of get worse and worse. A huge chunk of time before he starts killing people. And people were looking for Halloween, you know? They were looking for Silent Night, Deadly Night, which obviously comes out four years after this. Um, you know, although again, that takes a long time to get released to as well, but that does deliver on the violence and the gore and the, you know, the blood pumping everywhere and all that kind of stuff and all the uh, more extreme elements that, you know, you want from a slasher movie. And, and, that, and because of that, and that because of the media for all that surrounds that film, that became the big success, whereas Christmas Evil was largely forgotten. But Jackson had invested quite a considerable amount of money in the film, so every year he had to go out and tour the fucking print and kind of like, you know, so, you know get, get it seen to get, make some money. So um, every year we'd kind of, you know, take it out and show it to people, etc., etc. In the 1988 book, um, Crackpot, The Obsessions of John Waters, written by John Waters, and on his uh, chapter called Why I Love Christmas, uh, he describes this film as the greatest uh, Christmas movie ever made. And he's doing it unironically. He loves it. He declares that he'd, he'd, watch, he'd make his kids watch. If, he had, if only he had kids, he could show it to them every year. And if they didn't like it, he could punish them. So the Christmas, the question is, why this film? And it's because once he becomes his version of Father Christmas, the film is fucking hilarious. It's ridiculous. It revels in the absurdities that sit within it, which obviously is not what people want to see on Halloween night, you know, when they're obsessed with Halloween. But, you know, there's a, um, a, a line or a police line up where they're all dressed as Father Christmas. There's a moment when he tries to get down the chimney but can't, so he bashes the back door into the house instead to get inside. There's an incredible moment when he turns round and he'll violently punish these kids to the kids if they're bad. And then just laughs and goes, ho, ho, ho. And the kids are just staring at him going, sounds. <laughs> the film itself is a mishmash of stuff. And, but at the same time, it kind of revels in its own weird kind of silliness. Harry's a deeply complicated and um, upsetting character. He's he's basically destroyed by his own situation, um, of his own making and his mental health. And that is sympathetically played out and, and performed. You understand where he is and you wish to help him. But nobody in this capitalist um consumerist society is willing to give him a second glance apart from to use them use him for their own means anyway so the film has bombed and, and the only thing person who's saying it's any good is john waters in a, in a in one of his books the film gets released again on vhs in 19 in, in 2000s from trauma and it's uh it's a, it's a different version of the film, a different cut of the film. 
not the theatrical and not the reissue from 1983. It's done in a full matte, so that what that means is although it's um, four by three, that's because there's more picture um, because that's how it was shot, and then you meant to matte the matte the picture, cut the picture down for a widescreen. Um, but that's that's done in full matte, probably because they're fucking lazy, if I'm being honest. Um, Jackson believed that um, the film was owned by Troma at the time, which was kind of true, but what had actually happened was the company that owned the rights had gone bankrupt um, because of a fire. And it was literally picked up as a, as a job lot of, 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 of movies that were available to them. And so they got it and released it in one of those kind of, you know, as they do, release lots of stuff. Um, buoyed by the fact that it obviously has cult appeal, he goes out of his way to basically buy the film back. So it takes him three years, and eventually it's released uh, as a, a nice release with, from sign-ups in the US and Arrow over in the UK uh, with audio commentary with John Waters, um, and as he wants it to be seen, as good as it can be. And now, when you buy a copy of Christmas Evil, you are giving your money to the filmmaker, which I'm sure is a far, far nicer situation than normal. And eventually, and because, really, let's be honest with you, because of John Waters' championing of the film, it now has a, a cult appeal. And it's quite fairly mainstream. It's uh, available on Blu-ray now. It's on by 88 Films. There's a very nice uh, DVD release from Arrow as well, which is their old release, which I've mentioned already. And it does exactly what you'd want it to do. It's, 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 it's tasty stuff. And I'm sure it's on Shudder in America, because it will be. It won't be on in the UK, because, ah, oh, fuck them. Um... So Waters, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I kind of like that. John Waters has obviously found this film, watched it in Baltimore, loved it, and then bought it on VHS, and every Christmas party he would screen it, like it'd be on in the background as a kind of, a, you know, a lol-worthy kind of thing to have on. Jackson had spent a lot, you know, I think the the campaign, you know, Jackson had, in the end, had, had to campaign for people to see and understand his film. He knew what he was doing. He was aware of what he was trying to do. It's not... The film isn't intentionally... Unintentionally ironic. It's deliberately the way it is. And... Um, so he spent a lot of time kind of trying to, you know, prove to everybody that it was good. So it's really, you know, John Waters is there campaigning, which, uh, you know, brought them brought the film to the, to the masses. And it's this... The thing is, Jackson didn't make another film. This one kind of broke him. Apparently he was often an Easter Bunny horror film, but he turns it down, <laughs> which I think says a lot, really. You know, it's um, it's not in his in- you know, it wasn't he wasn't out to make a Silent Night, Deadly Night, or or even a Black Christmas for that matter. He was out to poke fun at capitalism and at consumerism, and um, but also to poke fun at people who were hypocritical and um, generally. It thumbs its nose up pretty much at everybody, if I'm being honest. I know that the film itself still kind of um, divides viewers. Um, I know it's kind of one of those ones where critics kind of say it's great, it's amazing. And a lot of people are like, I just, I just do not understand why this really slow, um, quite ponderous film where fuck all happens in it and then you, you, cut, you, know, you, you cut away on the kills is some kind of classic horror movie. And I can understand why, you know. 
But for me, what it does is, I mean, and, and, and you know, it is sympathetic as a character piece, and that is to its credit. And it tries to do lots of different things. I think it's a mirror that kind of shows itself, and kind of, uh, you know, if Christmas is just more money, then what does that really mean? And I. Uh, but at the same time, it, it kind of goes the other extreme, you know. It's kind of punishing people for wanting nice, you know, being the animals that we are and wanting stuff. I think is um, it's aware of, of, of the issues with that kind of thought process as well. The film also either benefits or doesn't, depending on your viewpoint from this, from, from being quite low, you know, from being low budget, from being grimy, from feeling like a 42nd Street film. So it kind of almost, so from a visual point of view, it's like, this looks like garbage, you know, it's really rough and ready. But uh, at the same time, it's obviously, you know, far more thoughtful than that. And unsurprising from a film that, you know, has gestated in a man's mind for 10 years. But, as you know, I'm guessing you listen to the Vigilancy's podcast because you want something to be a bit, you know, mucky and grimy and awful, you know. So the film was released in the UK in 1982. As a, it was a shortened version of it, but it was still, you know, pre-state VHS and seized, but not, um, but, but, you know, confiscated effectively. So, you know, but not, obviously not prosecuted as such. Uh, the theatrical version, uh, the American, US theatrical version was released Uncut, it was an 18 in 1999 by Vipco on VHS. And then it was released on Aravideo in 2012 on a DVD and now has been re-released again on Blu-ray um, by 88 Films. Uh, and it's, it's now classed as a 15, which I think is a reflection of the content of the film, really, if I'm being honest. Beyond the fact that, you know, Father Christmas is killing people, uh, it's very clear it's not Father Christmas, um, there isn't much else to this that would, you know, uh, disrupt or, or upset or said it wouldn't be classed as obscene. However, you know, as we, as we know already now, and as we've been going through this list, that didn't stop the police from grabbing hold of the copies of everything that they could back in the early 80s. I'll finish on this. There are not many great Christmas festive horror movies. There aren't. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night is alright in its own way. It's more of a kitschy, culty kind of thing. Black Christmas is a classic. Uh, the re- first remake is not a classic, but it's quite watchable. The new one, everyone's losing the shit over. I quite enjoyed it. It's, it's very on the money, but it's alright. It's quite enjoyable. Again, it does what it sets out to do. It's more like a Twilight Zone episode, from being fucking honest, than a horror film. But hey, let's move on. And then you've got all the other stuff, like Santa's sleigh, and all these films that just play up as being like really silly. You know, like you kick, if Santa kicks the dog. Fuck, who gives a fuck? You know, Saints quite good, but there aren't you know rare exports. But there aren't many that are actually like. If this wasn't about fucking Christmas, this would still work. Now, Christmas Evil is intrinsically about Christmas, but it's still a good character story and it's still an interesting film. And the ideas that are within it are better than, certainly a lot better than something like Silent Night, Deadly Nights, I would say. Although you may well disagree. And obviously Silent Night, Deadly Nights, the one with five bloody <laughs> five flipping uh, sequels or whatever, four sequels and a and a remake, and this obviously is is not. And I'm glad it's found its audience. I'm really glad it's found its audience, because um, it would be a real shame 
if this was one of the films on the list that just slowly but surely has kind of evaporated away into nothing. Don't! It's going to hurt our kids. We're not even sure it's him. Not sure my ass. Look at the fur on that suit. These children know things that obviously you don't understand anymore. They love me. Move away from them! They want someone to notice who's good or bad. Someone to guide them, someone to take responsibility so they don't have to make those decisions themselves. I said get away from them or I'll rip your guts out. No! No! Joe, get her off of me! Don't hurt Angelina! Angelina, give me that knife. No, no, Daddy, I won't, I won't. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, if you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonastiespodcast.gmail.com. You can get me on videonastiespodcast.com, where all the videonastiest podcasts are, or thelasthorrorpodcast.com, which has everything I've done apart from Night Gallery Podcast, which is coming up to uh, 10 years old uh, next year. Fucking hell. <laughs> If you want to get me on Twitter, you can, at orange underscore monkey. I'm not on there very often, but I do respond, hopefully. Hopefully I do. I should do. Um, but uh, it's a fucking hell site now, so, you know. Hey, there you go. That's the internet for you these days. Um, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, I think that's still a thing that people do. That'd be a nice gift for Christmas. Or if you want to help pay for my hosting, because, fuck me, this website is big now. These fuck, It's about... 8 gigs worth of content it's ridiculous like that so if you want to pay for that that'll be good uh, you can get you can send donate some money on coffee which is a link on the lasthorrorpodcast.com website I don't normally send the tip the, the, um, the tip in the bowl round I have to say but um, you know this time of year if you've got a couple of quid if it is like anyone's got any fucking money this time of year you know what I mean though you've already been guilt shit a thousand times anyway as I said I hope you have a lovely Christmas, a marvellous new year, and next week we are beckoning in 2020 with Brutes and Savages of all things, it's the old Mondo documentary, so sorry about that, I haven't got anything else that's that's quite uh, quite festive enough for you, so you're just going to have to suck it up and watch that, could have done it on Slasher movie, but now nah, fuck it, let's go really extreme, till then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon, goodbye. seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film
I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night.